As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. This past Saturday is the exact reason why there's no sport quite like college football. As I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the next yell leader at Texas A&M. That's my dream job. And with me, as always, is AJ. The Big Ten takes up half the top ten. Marchese. And then Cincinnati, in my opinion, is an honorary Big Ten member, at least for the next couple years. So I think it's 60% Big Ten. And 100% correct. Today we're talking all the NFL draft prospects who bore the fruit of their labors and the ones who might have squashed the fruit in week six of college football. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, seven, seven. With my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Nothing says Tuesday night like a little Sunbelt Funbelt football. That is, until Maction November starts. But for the time being, all of October, you can tune into my Funbelt Spotify Green Room. That's right. On Spotify Greenroom, the live audio-only sports talk platform, I'll be going live throughout every Fun Belt game. The whole thing. You get to watch me watch the game and tell you what I think. And it's free because the app's free to download and to use. Of course, you can Venmo me for this, for this product still, though. But you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Meanwhile, AJ's breaking down the Seattle Kraken all year long on Spotify Greenroom. AJ? Uh, yeah, they play tonight, Rob. It's a good take. It's a good take. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. To download the Spotify Green Room app, just head to the iOS App Store, then create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. You'll be notified when folks like myself go live, which is every time there's a fun belt game, baby. Like tonight, App State, Louisiana. Who who are you picking, AJ? As this the game will be over by the time this is out. So who are you picking tonight, AJ? <laughs> uh, go Mountaineers. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I ride with the Rage and Gagents. I know you were. That's why I went Mountaineers, baby. Week six in college football. Dare I say 
the best week of college football I can remember. How good's your memory? <laughs> I remember a bit of last season. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. This is the best week of college football from this season or from last season. I, I agree with you. This was, I mean, it had everything, and it had something pretty pretty much th- the whole time there was something going on. I yeah. mean, the kid, kid, the noon slate, the two big games did not disappoint. You didn't go wrong making either your main game, but if you didn't have eyes on both, you did go wrong. <laughs> uh, obviously, our, our, our Arkansas Ole Miss came down to the to the two point conversion. Oklahoma with the sneaky cover in the Red River showdown. Is that what we're calling it now? We're not allowed to call it a shootout anymore because. See, we're that's back to ri- rivalry. I don't even know. Okay. Uh, at least that's an alliteration. Um, but, yeah, two insane high-scoring games to start the day. Into the Iowa comeback against Penn State. Uh, into the Alabama upset. Plus, hey, congrats on Michigan. <laughs> you guys beat Nebraska. Congrats. Hey, and, yeah, Notre Dame beating uh, Tech. Wow. Those were the special games. I don't even care about the rest. This uh, the the week seven slate's pretty weak, so I'm yeah. glad we got the week six slate like really flexing for us. Yeah, like even looking at it, it doesn't look like there's too much room for uh, goofiness. But usually, yeah. when we say that, it happens. But there's like not even what is the two ranked games? I think Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kentucky, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. Whatever. We had this awesome week six, and now we got some belt fun belt on uh, on a Tuesday night as we record. Um, okay, let's let's just jump into it then. Best freshman. Uh, Caleb Williams. Uh, I think you can you you don't go wrong picking either him or Xavier, Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver for Texas, who other than his fumble had nine grabs for two sixty one two touchdowns and was the Longhorns' go to playmaker in the passing game. The the first. Uh like play the game pretty much the screen touchdown right away it was right off the start and it was pretty ridiculous yep. he, by the way he's like 6'1 160 which is fun he's and, looking like Devonta Smith <laughs> yeah but fast, fast as hell yeah fumble the kickoff other than that like all every play he made was pretty ridiculous like that awesome diving catch he had uh deep before halftime uh the, the touchdown in the corner like he was just unstoppable for the Longhorns yeah, and even after the fumble, he redeemed himself. Yep, yep, yeah. Him and then obviously the uh, Caleb Williams coming in, kind of a little bit Jalen Hurts to a feel mm-hmm. with uh, Sp- Spencer Rattler playing poorly, getting benched. Caleb Williams coming in, and, and prior to that, he had the what the sixty-six yard touchdown run on his first touch of the game, and then eventually just came into the game and was uh, was ripping lasers and, and seemed unfazed, especially for a guy who didn't play high school football last year. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. And, yeah, four, fourth and one. Like, I thought he was going to get stopped. He kind of had to find another hole, bounce it outside, broke a tackle, and then wide open running for the for, yeah, 65 or whatever yard touchdown. But, yeah, no, his arm looks good. Uh, like you said, composure. It, the situation was not too big for him in the least, like – from the yeah. first, from the first like snap, like even out from his first passing play, even it felt like he was the the one that was meant to be quarterback in that team in this game. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens next, but um, it definitely feels like Spencer Rattler's the biggest slider in recent memory in terms of quarterback prospect. Yeah, I mean, and Lincoln Riley is staying non-committal, 
to either right now, and he's playing it off like, oh, we got two great quarterbacks. That's never a problem, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't see how you can turn back to Spencer Rattler. More how, than how long? Yeah, go ahead. Like, do you think Spencer Rattler is in Oklahoma sooner next year? What do you think the, the situation for Spencer Rattler is? I mean, look, from, from the moment Williams started to make plays, all the jokes on Twitter were, where's Rattler transferring? But uh, I think that's the case. I think he's going to end up transferring. Yeah, if he, I'm, I don't see any way he has any shot to declare at this point. No. But it, it's funny because he was the one guy a lot of people were kind of – Everyone was in on? Yeah, like he was the one where it's not a good quarterback class, but everyone was like other than Spencer Rattler, other than Spencer Rattler. And then obviously throughout the year his, his play has been – pretty much just down the whole time he hasn't really had a big game and he he like he looks like he's reverted back to the guy he was early last last season um and, and now i mean the quarterback class is just a complete mess yeah but more on that later we're talking freshmen sorry I, i'm 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 all over the place but yeah worthy and caleb williams were stupendous and i have to shout out my boy trivion henderson who uh once again looked like the like this class is Bijan Robinson, except he has a coach who actually takes advantage of his skill set. Um, ran for 102 scores, also had a big touchdown catch, six, 67 yards through the air. Uh, just a rare combo, a lot like Bijan Robinson, of contact balance and explosiveness for such a young running back. Yeah, the Buckets have been lucky they've had him, to be honest. I, I think he's been there. Like, finally turning to him is so smart because he's been their guy on offense. Uh, I mean, they got a lot of guys on offense, AJ. This team's coming. This is going to be a playoff team. Obviously, they got a lot of talent, but Henderson's been like when they need something. And, you know, Stroud's not throwing too well. Or McCord's in there. And Olave's dropping a couple. It's It's been it's been Henderson keeping them. Like, obviously, they they kicked the shit out of Maryland. I'm not talking about this week. But, like, when they need that spark to, to, to you know, beat Tulsa, they, it was Henderson. Yeah, well, Golden Hurricanes play a different level of football. Sure. It's an true. intense squad. Yeah, but Henderson looks like every bit of the five-star running back he's yeah. supposed to be. Um, I feel like there's always one running back in the class who was a big recruit who maybe it's not immediate, but as a true freshman really shows out. Obviously, last year that was B. John Robinson. I think it, this year it's pretty clearly Trevion Henderson. Uh, for sure. Actually, I'll, I'll throw another running back name out there. I thought Arkansas's Raheem Sanders was really impressive against Ole Miss. Uh Obviously, they're not the same like explosive offense as Ole Miss was, so it was kind of fun watching them, you know, Ole Miss slaying the ball downfield and making these massive touchdowns quickly, and then Arkansas's got to like come back, but like with running the ball and like Jefferson like gritting out third downs. But Sanders looked really good; had a buck thirty nine on the ground, a couple catches. He's listed as like a pretty big dude, but he's like more lean. Like he's like six two two twenty five, but like he's like he doesn't look like he's that heavy. He's kind of he's a really interesting guy too. Uh, yeah, I mean, our, our Arkansas is, I mean, the way Sam Pittman has that, that team turn around so quickly, obviously losing in the, the fashion they did, but hanging in that game for as long as they did and going toe-to-toe yeah. with the best quarterback in the country and one of the best play callers in the country. Um, I mean, some of us, like myself, expect Arkansas to cover, but holy hell. Um, but yeah, the, the they're, they've just got playmakers all of a sudden. Yeah, no, it's really impressive. Okay, I'll say I respected the two-point decision so much, but I, I wouldn't have done it 
I wouldn't have done Housing. I know you wouldn't have. You told me that. I look like I don't uh, respect you. I mean, I, I look smart only now, but like they could easily have gotten it. But I don't. I feel like the, the, like you know that red zone situation just favored the pigs. I don't know. But anyways, what a great game that was for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean, speaking of sophomores, uh, I'll throw KJ Jefferson the best sophomore. Um, or speaking of Arkansas, I should say KJ, KJ Jefferson was unbelievable. And you you mentioned him a while back, and he's always he's a fun quarterback, ridiculously large, ridiculously athletic, has a cannon. But he went again. He went toe to toe with Matt Corral in this game. He threw for three hundred, three scores, ran for eighty five, and three more. So he had six touchdowns against Old Miss. Obviously, they lose fifty two, fifty one, but he was slinging it until the end. Yeah, no, he was good, man. And like I said, I. I think he's an NFL player. I don't know if it's going to be quarterback, but he's got the arm talent for it. Like he's, he's going to have a job in the NFL. I, I'm I'm pretty confident with that. Um, he's and, a, and just a ahead, yeah. just a a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. Uh, but is he is he technically a redshirt freshman because of the COVID year? That I, I don't ask grasp. me about I COVID. I, I can't cra- mentally grasp that. But yeah, he has tons of time to mature and improve parts of his game. But like he was, he was slinging it. The arm talent is ridiculous. But there was a couple like pretty impressive ball placement throws mm-hmm. too. I mean, more on more on some of the stuff Traylon Burks was doing later. But he looked legit in this game. Yeah. No, I think I think he's he's good. He's good. You know who else is legit, Rob? Zach who? Calzada. Who has to be sophomore of the week because of uh, <laughs> coming out of nowhere, looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in the country, and then putting on that performance against Alabama. And now, do I expect him to to play like that ever again? Not really, but you got to give him all the credit in the world, man. Like he was on one leg for a good chunk of the second half. <laughs> he didn't take any sacks in the game. Three touchdowns, only one uh, pick. Uh, I don't know where he pulled that from. It was pretty amazing and. An all-time, all-time win for Texas A&M. Uh, sticking in, actually, no, I won't stick in that game, but I'll stick in the state because it, it's each week we have to mention B. John Robinson, who once again was awesome against Oklahoma. There was a there was a chunk of that game there where it looked like Texas really was going to win. He was yeah. going to control the game. Um, obviously, that didn't that didn't come to fruition because their defense completely choked. But uh, he was awesome. On the other side, Marvin Mims made some of the mm-hmm. biggest plays in the, in that game. He had two huge catches in particular, one for a touchdown. The other one was just an insane ball adjustment downfield. Um, Mims has been had a quieter year than I think a lot of people expected coming in based on how good he was as a freshman. But maybe it's not him. Maybe that's he wasn't the reason his numbers weren't as good. Maybe it was the quarterback playing. Maybe he's got a better quarterback now in Caleb Williams who's willing to to put the ball in a playable spot for yeah. him to make an insane grab. Williams looks like he trusts him more, which is funny because Rattler looks like he's always putting it up in traffic. But, but yeah, like that great contested catch where Williams just uh, was on the move, gunned it downfield, was awesome. And then that diving back, like backwards, just get his one foot inbounds for the touchdown was ridiculous. Uh, no, they they don't win the game if he doesn't make those couple ridiculous ga- uh, grabs. And speaking of ridiculous plays, but they lost. Bijan, yeah, that that run down to the Oklahoma one, that was just something special. Like, it, yeah, you know what I thought it was just kind of wild that he, he made the whole team miss maybe twice, and like it didn't feel like he lost any juice. Maybe maybe at the last five yards, but he ran like a hundred 
I'm exaggerating, but like 150 yards on the play, and he's still throwing stiff arms at the 10 yard line. It was kind of ridiculous, and he's just gliding and explode. Like it was so impressive, and yeah, I mean, we we got a RB one for next year, and it's 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 no doubt. Uh, I'll throw one more out there. Jackson Smith Njigba for Ohio State is once again was making tons of plays against Maryland. It helps that uh, the other two pass catchers uh, wide take so much attention away, but he's mm-hmm. legit. He uh, he's very Garrett Wilsony. Yeah, no, that, that's that's for sure. Speaking of legit, Rob, if we may move on to weekday warrior, I think there's only one obvious choice. <laughs> yeah, Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina, who had, yeah. <laughs> who had, he was just absolutely unstoppable. One of the most ridiculous weekday performances we've ever had. And right from the start, 99-yard touchdown catch right away where he's just wide open off flash. And they, Chadwell and Co., they just do such a good job of, you know, those, those like, disguised uh, play-action plays where he's, you know, like, coming backside and leaking out and just or just, like, sneaking through, like, the, the B-gap or, like, just doing crazy stuff. And they find him wide open, and he's he's got the juice to, to just house it. And, yeah, eight catches, 232 yards, four touchdowns. The second touchdown just looked like a you know an old school classic tight end play, where it was, but it was a crazy acrobatic tight end ca- uh, touchdown catch with two defenders around yeah. him. Stayed in bounds. That was unreal. The other one was just um, him coming across on a rollout, just a yep. little dump off and run. Just beat everyone to the and, pylon. And then he had the other huge one. Yeah, that's that's when we leaked back across the formation, wide, wide, wide open, and just like the first two out of the first three, no one could catch up to him. It was hilarious because it, yeah, it felt like every drive Isaiah likely was just picking up a huge gain or scoring a touchdown. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and he he's a guy we both liked over the summer, and he, in a unproven tight end class, he's a very interesting move tight end with his like he he's listed at six four two forty, but he almost just looks like a big wide receiver mm-hmm. at times. And he's so explosive, and, and you mentioned the 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 opening play touchdown or the opening drive. Was it the second drive? Uh, Not that that's important. It might have been the second drive. Yeah, it was the 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 their first possession, second drive of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it was just like the immediate RPO explosive gone. I I think a team's gonna fall in love with him now. I I, I don't know where the fuck his draft stock is right now, but big Johnny Smith vibes. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I like that. I think a team's gonna fall in love with him and have. Fun, you know, they just have a role designated for him. I think I mentioned this two weeks ago or something, but like, it feels like there's so much talk about how every team wants a tight end that can move like him, and we saw Randos get overdrafted last year and haven't done anything yet in the NFL. But uh, I don't think he's a Rando. I think he's special. Uh, speaking of special, there's no two wide receivers more special than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave who've earned my offensive. Prospect of the Week Award. I couldn't pick just one. They were both tremendous. They both scored two touchdowns. They combined for 12 catches, 204, and four touchdowns. Uh, Olave had the insane circus catch touchdown. Garrett Wilson just was ridiculously explosive. He had that um, that one early in the, the release. game where, yeah, the release was just dirty. It was nasty. Uh, they, they, I mean, they were both, and, and Jackson Smith and the Jigba, they were all just... No one, no one on that Maryland defense could hang with them. 
And some of the like Garrett Garrett, Garrett Wilson's other touchdown was a, a deeper one, and it was he like kind of stemmed inside as if he was gonna run a slant, just exploded back outside, blew by um, the DB like it was nothing because he was just, he's just playing at a different speed. And we've talked about how he's more explosive than Olave. But Olave's so sudden and, and never really, like, he never loses that speed. Yeah. And you saw that again, too. Like, he had one touchdown where he was just wide open. And then the the other touchdown was the the circus one I'm talking about, which was also a deep one. And it was, like, the same route. Just one of them was, more like, better covered. But uh, he, like, he set the corner up perfectly. He w- was, if a better ball, it would have been kind of an easy bucket drop. But instead, he just makes an insane play where he's just pass interfered. And then, yeah, on the other one, he's just, just playing at a different speed than everyone else. They're both so good. I think pr- pretty clearly them and, and uh, Burks and Burks are like the, the the three receivers in this class who entered the year as first-round type dudes and, and have played at that level throughout the season. I agree. I thought I thought the, the Wilson release and just fucking – Crushed the corner for the fade was was the most impressive one, which was, you know, maybe the most low key one, but it was, it was extremely impressive. Uh, for me, my offensive of prospect of the week is one of the the last remaining maroon goon, but pulled it off. Kenyon Green, one of my favorite guys in the summer. Uh, I gotta give him all the credit because a they won this game, but b he played like every spot on the Texas A and M offensive line this week. Started at left card, uh, played at left tackle a lot. I think I think he was a bit at right tackle. He played everywhere and he was locked down in pass protection in every spot he was in, mauling in the run game. I mean, they didn't have a huge run performance, but I think every time a good run uh, happened, it was behind his hip. Uh, it was just a fucking big boy performance in a massive upset win. Uh, they didn't give up a single sack all night. They had some pressure. I think there were like ten pressures, but I was watching him a lot and. Uh, I thought he was just locked down. Yeah, I I, I didn't have Kenyon Green for uh, best offensive prospect, obviously, but I had him high up on my shooting up the board because you're right. The the things they are asking him to do, no other offensive lineman in the country is being asked to move around the offensive line and, and just play where they need you to play. That happened, um, what was it, two a week or two ago. But when, they, when they lost to Arkansas – and Trey Williams was beating the hell out of their left tackle. They they just shifted Kenyon Green from right guard to left tackle because they're like Kenyon Green's got a better chance. And Kenyon Green was much better playing uh, against Trey Williams uh, doing that. And it was the same thing here. It's just put him where you need him, and don't worry about it because he's that good. Um, that's ridiculous though. Like when do you have like it, a, it, a weapon on the offensive line like that? Like that's silly. Yeah, like we, we talked about it with the defensive line, like DeMarvin Leal, for example, a guy who's playing all over the defensive line. Yeah. it's so Which is obviously really impressive. It's so much more impressive to be shifting mid-game around the offensive line and just playing where they need you and, and, and doing a good job, too. Like, Against it's, Alabama? Like, it's it's insane. Yeah. And, like, yeah, not, not giving up shit to Alabama and, and just being – Moving dudes in the run game because you're a powerful MFer, but also having the foot speed and the lateral agility <laughs> to reach landmarks and, and and like play play the left tackle position when I know he was a high school left tackle, but he's primarily been a guard at Texas A&M. It's just ridiculous. The things he are do, he is doing isn't normal. Yeah, to like like he uh, he wasn't perfect in pass protection, but like like you just said, he was solid as fuck. And this is him playing left tackle. 
against like Anderson, who's been borderline unblockable this this year. So like it's it's ridiculous. Well, it, I think you said uh, over the summer like you think Kenyon Green's going to be probably the safest player in the draft. I yeah. think is what you said, and and like this just reaffirms that. Like uh, so, like he's not getting the amount of love that like, you know other offensive linemen are at this point. And I think that's in part due to Texas A&M having the disappointing season up to this game. I'm sure he's getting it now this week, but come come draft season, I think that this he's going to be one of the, like, you know, like NFL Network will talk about like, oh, this is a guy you might not have heard his name too much, but he's special. I think it's, that's going to be like Kenyon Green. Probably he's awesome. Um, moving to defensive side of the ball, I had to go with Jack Campbell. I thought about Campbell, uh, the Iowa yeah. linebacker. He. Uh, he was all over the place against the run. He helped shut down that that Penn State run game completely. It was basically non-existent. That defense as a whole was awesome, but I think he stood at the most. Um, he was also incredible in coverage. He mm-hmm. moved so well for a big linebacker. Uh, he he like he on multiple occasions was covering tight ends. He covered the slot a couple times. He no, no pass deflections, but incompletions because of yeah. his positioning. He also on the blitz. He's the one who knocked Sean Clifford out of the game. Yep. Uh, and, and that blitz was, that blitz and that pressure was a, a huge, uh, huge because it was inside the twenty and held Penn State to a field goal. Um, I, I, he just the play speed mixed with the instincts, mixed with the ability to cover and move fluidly for a linebacker of that size. Uh, he to me was kind of the 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 clear best defensive guy for me. So I I had a hard time picking best defensive prospect. Uh, it kind of came down to two guys, Jack Campbell, who I gave a runner-up to, because I, I think I, I felt like you were going to pick him. Uh, and I want Jaquan Brisker on the other side of the ball, who also had yep. a game where he felt like he was everywhere on the field. Uh, nine tackles, half TFL, uh, the pick. The pick, like, it was it was a deflection, but, like, it was really well played, where, like, he kind of, like, felt it, you know? Like, he, he came down from the safety spot. It was a slant. Uh, he he kind of, like, adjusted before he, like, the guy dropped the ball. It was really impressive, and... Like I said, I just felt like he was all over the field. He got banged up a couple times, but stayed in the game. Um, I, I think he's way better than we give him credit for. Like when we talked about him in the summer, it was like he's a really fun guy. He's a hard hitter. He plays hard. But I think he's he's proven that he's he's more than just a you know a box dude that can can hit hard and play the run well. Uh, he can kind of do it all. Yeah, he he was my number one shooting up the board. Um, I think especially because. The, the, the Penn State's three biggest games this year, he's I think he's had an interception in all three. Yeah. He's been their best player in all three. He's been banged up in all three and just being a, a freaking warrior out there. And he, like, he came into the season known for what he does as a box safety and a guy who kind of lowers the boom on you. But it, it's been especially impressive how good he's been in coverage and yeah. how how frequently he's come up with the football in key situations because he's got big time instincts. Yeah, no, he's been ridiculous, and it feels like Penn State's played in big games every single week. Like, like, like we talked about earlier. Like he ended, I don't know, like the fir- the the first three games I think ended with him with the ball or him knocking the ball down. Like it was kind of ridiculous. Obviously, he couldn't get the last play this week, but uh, wasn't his fault that they lost. Um, yeah. So we've already banged out two of my top guys because you had them for your best in Brisker and Kenyon Green but l- l- let's jump on Traylon Burks because two of the best catches of the weekend came from him and they came back to back 
Yeah, no, I, I, you know where I put him? I put him for outplay the box score. I know he had seven catches for a buck thirty six and a touchdown. I got another play for outplay the box score too, so don't worry. Uh, but like those catches were just so ridiculous that like, if you look at it, okay, that's a good wide receiver game. But you had to watch the game to really uh, appreciate how insane those two catches were, and they were back to back and identical. And they're back to they're yeah. I was gonna say they look the same. Like they were both him high like pretty well covered kj jefferson putting the ball in a good spot for him to make a play and not the db by the way yeah uh, on both but uh yeah b- both high pointed full like kind of draped on him but just showing off incredible body control concentration and hand strength to go and get the attack that football and a 230 pound wide receiver doing that plus he had the yak touchdown too yeah 20 yards untouched easy touchdown and yeah, I think I think on the second one, especially, he just got the nose of the football. It's like the nose of the football hit his left hand and it just stuck. And that <laughs> was like you said, the hand strike. They're just so impressive. And I think uh I don't know, I think it's gonna be tough wide receiver one. I think it's just gonna be depending on whatever team needs the wide receiver the most and whoever it's, they just what flavor they like. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be cool because Garrett Wilson is the ridiculously explosive one. Chris Olave is the super refined one, and Traylon Burks is the physically imposing one. Maybe the Eagles should draft all three. C- can they? They got three. They'll have three first, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they need Carson Wentz to keep playing like he was playing last night, baby. Carson Wentz? He's not on the Eagles. <laughs> do, you, do you not know? I don't know if you're doing a joke back to me. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay, I, did, I got really confused. Uh, yeah, baby, 300 yards. <laughs> no, that's not top. <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting, though, because those three, I think, again, they they entered the year as my top three. They've clearly played, like, the top three. It's going to be interesting to see how it, it kind of falls after those three. Yeah, I was about um, to, like, who's next for you? Like, uh, we don't have to top of this now, but. Over, over the summer, it was Anaya Smith, who actually had a really nice game against Alabama. But other than that, he hadn't. I had a big, big year. Jahan Dotson's been mm-hmm. great. I, I'll talk about him in a bit. But, hey, my boy Calvin Austin does lead the country in receiving yards. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about Anias yeah, so, here? I can do Anias here. I had him here. Uh, I didn't have him for anything. Really? I thought he deserves I, I, Give me all the Aggies love because they deserve it. He was like he was, he was one of the dudes on offense. I mean, they couldn't really run the ball great. And Anias Smith just came coming up with a, keep, kept coming up with a big plays for them. And obviously had the two touchdowns. 85 yards, six catches. It's It felt like every big play uh, came through Anaya Smith. Yeah, he he's he's going to be really interesting because they haven't done a good job utilizing yes. him. Obviously, their offense has been a mess this year. But he is such an exciting and explosive move-around type player. Yeah. Um, he's, I, I think, clearly going to be viewed as a slot receiver uh, at the next level who can do a little bit of everything. Um, but if... If the production dips, it's good. I, I I think like him showing up to the combine that'll kind of reignite everything for him. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting for sure. And I I wish they would just I mean, they had him going this game, but it almost felt like you know he was just playing such a great game. It wasn't like they really had had to figure it out with him or anything. No. Uh, um. Sticking actually no. Moving back to the Iowa game quick. I just want to talk about Matt Hankins. Mm-hmm. Who's kind of, who had the interception to end the game, but prior to that had on the fourth down, uh, with Iowa up three three forty to go, he had the huge t- uh, hit short of the sticks, 
he him in that Iowa secondary has been really fun this year. I think he's the best prospect there. You've talked about Riley Moss before. He always he had another pick but got hurt. Got hurt. But yeah. Hankins, I think Hankins is a really interesting guy who's going to end up at the Senior Bowl, and um, he's long. He's he's a little wiry, but he's got some length to him. Uh, I don't think he's the most explosive guy, but he's really technically sound and he's very physical. So I, I'm excited to see kind of what his draft stock does going forward. It's a good defense. It's a really good defense. Imagine if Davion Nixon stuck stuck around and was up front for them sick. too. He should have. Anyways, I'll, I'll stick in that game since we're here. Uh, how about Ellis Brooks on the other side for the Penn State defense? I thought he was really – yeah. I put him for out of nowhere because he's not the Penn State linebacker people have been talking about, and he was just monstrous against the run. It felt like for a stretch yeah. there he was making every single tackle. Yeah, yeah. And played the whole game with a cast on his wrist. And Literally, no, I think he was everywhere. He had 14 tackles, eight of them solo – uh, he had the big hit on on, on Petrus that that hurt him uh, on on the on the run where he slid, but it was clean. I, th- I know the Iowa fans booed it, but I thought it was clean. Um, no, it really felt like like he was everywhere. And I think there was one play where like he uh, it was a pass, I believe, but like just a short dump off, and Brooks came down and like just turned on a dime to avoid the ref, and and the receiver cut outside. Or I, th- I think it, it might have been uh, Goodson, but cut outside of the ref, and he made the play, and it was really impressive and. Yeah, no, I, he's had a great year, though. He's been big in all their games. He's the type of linebacker, he, he's going to play in the NFL for a long time, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I agree with Just you. Leader. Based on what he does, mm-hmm. yeah. He He's such a physical downhill thumper and just ridiculous toughness and leadership. Yeah, like and after you, you threw that game on, and it just stood out the entire Yeah, game. after the game, he hung around and watched the fans yeah, storm. Yeah, I saw and, that. And you know he's like I gotta you know get ready. And he, actually, I, I was looking on Twitter too, and he was what he was there in the stadium alone at the start of the game too, just sitting on the stand. I don't know. He seems like a badass. I like him a lot. Yeah, I like him. Uh, no, he's definitely a good one. Um, jumping to Kentucky LSU, I, I want to put Darian Kennard because Kentucky uh, they obviously beat LSU. Kentucky's having like the best season they've ever had. Yeah. The the Wildcats ran for three hundred and thirty yards in this game. Kennard got banged up at one point, and I was pretty scared because it, it looked like it could be a bad knee injury. He ended up coming back in, luckily. But he was moving dudes uh, against LSU. And just you can see the path to him being an amazing run-blocking guard in the NFL. And uh, obviously, he plays right tackle, and mm-hmm. most people project him as a guard. Um, just because he, he looks like he could be a pro bowl guard for what he can do and how much power he has. Stick him inside and let him work. Uh, Dar- Derry Rose- Rosenthal also played well. He got banged up too, though, so I'm not totally sure what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I-, I love uh, I love watching Kentucky. <laughs> They're fun. And, I-, I mean, picks later, but this week is going to be it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know what I think we got to give a lot of love to? Because he-, he showed up big for the Sooners. Kennedy Brooks. I was going to say him, yeah. He, like, uh, first of all, statistically, 25 carries, 217, two touchdowns. Like at first, like I thought he was impressive from the get go, though. You know, he's just running hard, good vision. Uh, looks a little burstier than than I thought usual too, and it's just like, you know, this is what we should. I, this was early in the game when I was like, okay, this is what we should see from Kennedy Brooks. I like this. This is going good, and then he just put the team on his back at, at points. Obviously, the game winning touchdown. I just thought he was a fucking horse to to finish the game like that. Uh, he had that huge run. Where that he play f- was sick too. The the game winning touchdown play with the the kind of the. Uh, the direct snap, fake pitch to Caleb Williams, cut back the other way and, and just yeah. hit it. Yeah, yeah, it was. It looked too easy, but it's because it's so well designed. No, totally. 
And then, he, like, he had that one huge run where he fumbled at the end, but he was down, so it doesn't matter. No, I thought he was a monster. And, and you know, going into the year, everyone, I think us included, were like, okay, Eric Gray is going to be the dude. And, you know, Brooks is kind of coming back and just settling back in. I like him. Maybe he's a late day three guy. Um, and he's just – he's just – Gray hasn't been too impressive, and he's just shoved him off, and, and Brooks has been amazing. Uh, okay, quickly, th- three quarterbacks I want to mention. Matt Corral, because, once again, he played really well when – most of the other big-name quarterbacks didn't. Um, obviously, shootout with Arkansas, he pulled off the win. Um, but also, I put down C.J. Stroud and Casey Thompson. Because if we're starting to look for other quarterbacks in this class, those two who are both, I don't think we expect either of them t- to declare, but I think they've been two of the best kind of out-of-nowhere quarterbacks at big programs. And they're, they're back at it again. Obviously, it helps Stroud that he plays with the best pass catching trio in the country and has a stud freshman running back, but he's been unbelievable. He threw for four Oh six and five touchdowns. It was a lot of deep balls, a lot of well-placed balls to Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Najigba and Chris Olave. Uh, and he just seems very unfazed. I know the Oregon game wasn't great, but even then that was more on the defense than him. So I, I think that that stock, that buzz, that's going to grow. I think the same thing for Casey Thompson. I yeah, and that's why I put him as well because I, I, you've been talking about Casey Thompson for like the last two or three weeks, and I mean you throw on the Texas game, like obviously they lost, but he threw for five five touchdowns, and he he was I mean he was awesome. He's like his arm is legit. I, like honestly, remember when he came into the bowl game? I'm like I think he's like the I think he's Texas's quarterback. Like I, he looks so good and. Obviously, all the stuff with Card happened. We've already talked about that. But, no, like, he was great in this game. Um, I think the arm is legit. Like, I don't think he's going to ever be a, like, you know, a, a top three-round, top 100 guy. But I, I think there's something there to him. And I think, like, you know, fourth round, fifth round, when he keeps putting up numbers like this, teams are going to be looking at him. Um, yeah, especially, again, when the other quarterbacks – yeah. Uh, just keep disappointing. And outside of Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett, who we even talk about at this point? Um, <laughs> and obviously Malik Willis, Carson Strong. But uh, Speaking of quarterbacks, sliding down the board, you have to put Spencer Rattler. There's like really nothing else you can say about him at this point. We've said it all for weeks. And we, we were talking about at the top of the show, it doesn't seem like he's going to, or it doesn't seem like he should be the starting quarterback in Norman, Oklahoma anymore. And maybe SMU is the next stop. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I didn't have that many guys sliding down the board. I, I thought there was a lot of like big time performance, a lot of big time defensive performances. Uh, Rattler's the headline, obviously. He's the no brainer. Uh, I mean, obviously when he's getting benched, um, the interception, it just looked so so ugly. And yeah, it was a miscommunication with Stogner. But by the time uh, Rattler released the ball, Stogner's back was to him. So like, you got to do better. And then I don't know, the throw wasn't even good, regardless. I don't think and. Like terrible. Had a couple overthrows. Um, I think a, a problem we keep coming back to. Third and thirteen, he had all day to throw, and like just took a sack. And there wasn't a big play there or anything, but there was guys fairly open. And I don't know. I didn't like the play call either, but still, it it, it didn't look good for him. Remember the double pass? Could have been a touchdown. Rather got hit, missed the throw. Hard to blame him, but still, when you're when you're not performing and you're supposed to be the first overall pick, you got to make those plays and. The fumble was brutal, and I remember remember the one where he, he he passed up an easy throw on third down, scrambled, had the ball deflected, and and nearly intercepted. But if it wasn't deflected, it was a for sure interception too. 
again, the receiver had his back to Rattler, and it just you put it all together, and it's I don't know what you do with Spencer Rattler. It just seems like he doesn't have any like chemistry or feel. Yeah. Which and then is Caleb weird. Williams comes in and, and 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 like people have been criticizing the Oklahoma pass catchers this year too, and but then I mean Caleb Williams comes in and, and obviously we talked about Marvin Mims already. He was great, and they just the run game looks so much better too because Caleb Williams is such a threat as a runner. And yeah. Spencer Rattler's mobile obviously can make plays on the move as a passer, but like Caleb Williams just adds a totally different flavor to your run game as a, an extra guy that defenders have to account for. Exactly, like, and I think that's a big reason why you can't go back to Rattler. And um, agreed. Now you know what it is, Rob. He's not used to like throwing to actual players in actual football games. He's he's a no look pass jump throw kind of guy. That's a really good point. Really uh, good point. <laughs> did you have a long they, list? They this week? T- Sorry, yeah, they played TCU this week. Uh, I, I'm suspecting it'll be kind of a split, and then against Kansas, you just give Caleb Williams at all. I think, yeah, I wonder how much we're going to see Riley. I, I, the way Riley is talking, it sounds like we're going to get a good dose of, of Spencer Rattler. That, that's what I mean. It, it seems like Lincoln, Lincoln Riley doesn't want to just kind of throw him under the bus or anything. Which I can um, appreciate, but, yeah, like against the weaker teams in the Big 12, fine. But, I mean, if they get to the playoffs, I, I don't think it's Spencer Rattler starting. No. Um I, I, I have a couple offensive linemen uh, to talk about. Rasheed Walker, I didn't think, played a very good game for Penn State. Yeah. The offensive line as a whole looked really bad. There was a ridiculous amount of false starts. Uh, yes. The Iowa crowd had him jumping. But Rasheed Walker in particular, he, he looked fine in pass protection for the most part. But I thought uh, in the run game, and again, Penn State just couldn't run the ball, which killed him once Roberson had to come in for Sean Clifford. But uh, Rasheed Walker was just not getting much drive at all and not sustaining blocks. I thought Zach Finn Valkenberg, uh, the Iowa Edge, who I mm-hmm. actually put for out of nowhere prospect, was just controlling him, especially setting the edge, uh, hands on him and just moving him where he needed to move him and, and giving clear path for the Iowa linebackers, Jack Campbell in particular. But, yeah, I didn't think Rasheed Walker played a, a great game. Um, like he hasn't been that first round potential prospect that some had him as. Yeah, like he's played well. He's been fine. He's been but, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I and I, I just need to see more specifically as a run blocker. Uh, also, the LSU guards I thought struggled against Kentucky. Um, but like, I thought, I thought Hines really struggled to consistently uh, anchor in pass protection. And I thought Ed Ingram wasn't getting a ton done uh, in terms of sustaining and driving uh, on blocks in, in the run game. Um, the Kentucky front seven just really physical. And, yeah, both of them kind of struggled. LSU was a, a whole really if, struggled. But it feels like it's going to get ugly at LSU, right? Like, every player yeah, is hurt Edo's now. has got to be out. Yeah. Edo's got to be out, which is wild. It's hard to put the blame um, on him, but like fully. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, he, but when I you agree. factor in some other stuff we know about – yeah. Things that have gone on. Yeah. Uh, moving to the Alabama game, I, I got a, a, a trio. Who do do you have any Alabama guys? Christian Harris was kind of like my my big yeah. one. I put him in Henry uh, Toto. Okay, I I thought Toto was like <laughs> Toto. Like he, he, he played okay. better down the stretch. I wrote his name down before the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked better, especially in pass coverage. Christian Harris was just in, invisible. Yes, I thought. 
Um, Toto, like you, I, I thought he was struggling to work off blocks and, and um, make much of an impact against the run. But then, yeah, down the stretch, he did play a lot better in the fourth quarter. I thought he looked good in coverage. But yeah, Christian Harris was just nowhere to be found. It like, felt like yeah, like for a guy that some people had linebacker one coming into the year. Some people had top ten prospect. Yeah, no, that was all hype. I don't. It feels like every year this is happening with Alabama linebackers, and we gotta look. Maybe maybe we just project them all as late day three guys and let them prove it next year. Because um, I don't know, Harris is athletic, but uh, he's not playing well. No, I also put Julio Billingsley. Mm, it's a good one. I should have put Billingsley down. Yeah. Who? He just no impact drops. Um, had some okay blocks, had some missed blocks. I just, I don't know. That, that that kind of circles back to what I was talking about when I was talking about Isaiah Likely in the tight end class as a whole. It just, no one's really solidified themselves. I mean, Jay, Jay Weidermeyer had a good game, by the way. But I got uh, I got him later, yeah. Um, But, yeah, the, the, the tight end class is, like, Stogner, you've mentioned him earlier. His production dropped off huge because yeah. that Oklahoma offense has been a mess. Yeah. It's just, and, like, Jeremy Rucker's had very little impact in the Ohio State passing game. And Billingsley's been this this guy who you can see the path to him being this explosive playmaker. But between what Nick Saban said about him and, like, the struggles in a game like this, uh, the stock is trending down. Yeah, I think the Saban doghouse thing is real. Because, uh, obviously, like, he had that one terrible drop. But it feels like, like obviously, he's talented as hell. We, we know that. But... Um, in the big situation, I, I I thought they've gone to Cameron Latu more, and he's been yeah. the better like I, not the same draft prospect, but he's been the better player for them this year. Agreed. Um, out of nowhere, we already mentioned Ellis Brooks, and I just mentioned Zach Van Valkenburg, who Val- Van Valkenburg just plays so hard. He's mm-hmm. such a good run defender. I feel like that's a guy who's going to carve out a rotational role in the NFL. Agree. I- I'll give you two. Also, a uh, Big Ten country. I put I put Darian Beavers, who I know is not super out of nowhere, the Cincinnati linebacker, but he's been playing just so well this season. I thought I thought, and he had a really good game on Friday night. Uh, six tackles, a sack, a pass deflection. Uh, he's a big dude too, six four, two fifty five. He's a he's a redshirt senior now, and he he plays his size. He's always hitting big, and he's always around the football. He just looks like a solid linebacker. I've been impressed with him, and I haven't mentioned him on the show, but. Every week he he makes a couple plays. I'm like he's just really solid dude, and he's got that big old frame that he's built for. Um, also mentioned going to the Michigan Nebraska game. Um, I thought I thought Nebraska's corner Cam Taylor Britt, uh, six foot two hundred five, was always around the football and making a lot of big plays. He had eleven tackles, and that seems like okay. He had a bad game because most one corners have big tackles. They have bad games, but but it's not like Michigan really throws the football. Like I thought he was making a lot of plays where he's like like he had a couple plays where he's coming. From the back as the backside corner, uh, making the, the 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 play in the run on the opposite side of the field, which was really impressive. Uh, when Michigan was pushing the ball downfield, he had three uh, pass deflections too, just busting his ass in the run. Like I said, um, I thought he was. I think he had some hype last year, and because I, I've noticed Nebraska fans, they talk about him a lot, and um, they've said like this is his best game in Nebraska, and, and it was a really good game. Um. Prospect made me look stupid. I'm gonna go with maybe I was the only person who decided to watch USC Utah, but I went for it. Um, and let me tell you, USC is bad, but at least they understand who their best playmaker is, and it's not close. And it's Drake London who had 16 for 162 and a touchdown in this game. Um, 
at times, was it you who was talking about the idea of him being a tight end? Yeah, yeah, I think he is a tight end. I mean, I haven't sat down and watched him this year, and I know he's putting up good numbers. He does have the most drops in the country, by the way, entering this week. Yes, I know he does. But I, um, I think he's more of a tight end, yeah. he They were, like, utilizing him like a tight end at times. His touchdown came on, like, a similar play to Isaiah Likely's uh, second touchdown, mm-hmm. where he's just coming across the formation, quick dump off in, in the flats and let him go, and he hurt a little guy. Uh, but because he, he's just such a big bodied playmaker, he's not particularly uh, like for a wide receiver, he's just not very explosive. Yeah. But the idea of putting some weight on him and being a move tight end, I thought that just kept sticking out in my mind in this game as they went to him play after play. And it felt like how the Raiders uh, at times target Darren Waller a ridiculous yeah. amount. That's that, <laughs> that was the vibe of his game with Drake London. Now, Drake London's not nearly as athletic as Darren Waller. But you, you get what I'm saying. No, and, no, that's, uh, a, that's I, a good comparison. I yeah. started to just really enjoy watching him because the whole USC offense has to run through him because he's he's that dude for them. Yeah, he's had like such a weird year where like again I I watched the first two USC games I think and I'm like I had enough of this team, um, <laughs> and like when I watch him it, like I know he's putting up huge numbers and people are are into him but again you come back most drops in the country and it's like. I don't know, and and yeah, entering the year, like they use him, ba- like because he played slot like all year last year, and um, because he wasn't, you know, they had him on raw, and um, oh, I'm blanking on the other receiver's name on the outside. Number twenty one. Yeah, number twenty one. I can't think of his name though. <laughs> Fuck, uh, Vons, Tyler Vons, and uh, yeah, yeah, they had them on the outside, and just you know, he was like the the chain mover kind of, and I think that's kind of his role. I don't know, and I think if you know if you. Like you said, packs and pounds on, and he goes to the combine as a tight end, and he runs a four five five. Then it's like, wow, he's a fast tight end. Like you know what I mean? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, my, yep, go ahead. I was just gonna say who you got. I got Jalen Watermeyer. Speaking of tight ends, who uh, I think I've been dogging him for the last couple weeks or something, uh, just not showing up at all for for Tammy when I know the situation's fucked. But he showed up in the biggest game of the season for them. Uh, it was only three catches, but they were all huge, and he had that the, the one huge touchdown. And I thought, like, remember, like we talked in the summer that, like, I thought he was going to be a better athlete going into the tape. And you get watching, he's like, you know, he's a fine athlete. Looked like a good athlete on Saturday night against Bama, and he, he looked really good all around. Uh, and I'll stick in that game for my best prospect first prospect matchup. With it wasn't every snap, but when it happened, it was sick. Evan Neal versus Demarvin Leal, who both of them played very well in this game. Uh, Leo literally played all over the defensive line, and um, he's just a really fun guy to watch. And then Evan Neal was just—I mean, Evan Neal. I had the same matchup, and yeah, my my top note was that I didn't—we didn't get as much as I, I hoped we would. But just watching them even individually and head to head, no, it was definitely fun. And Neal's—I don't know right now if you ask me—and and the Jaguars are picking first. I think I think Neal's the pick, but uh, Leal's like again going to Tamu and being struggling. Uh, it feels like you haven't heard his name too too much, and like he was he was in on a lot of tackles this week, and the way they use him is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think his stock's gonna be a little interesting. Uh, prospect who played the box score, and I've put him here before because he gets open so much, but his quarterback plays so bad that he doesn't really get to do anything with it. <laughs> uh, and that's Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. who still ended up with eight catches for forty eight yards, but between Sean Clifford and Roberson, he he in missing him. He should have had so much more, and I just feel bad because he's awesome. I think he's going to be, like, I don't know. I get some Terry McLaurin vibes from him. Yeah. Not was... not like to that level, but 
just in terms of being really awesome and just lack of production, not his fault. Yeah, like Terry, Terry went to a, a, a bad Big Ten school too. So, I exactly, mean, exactly. it's understandable. You know what is a good Big Ten school, both academically and on the football field? The University of Michigan. And Aiden Hutchinson feels like you can peg him in here every week. But, like, is this a little bit of concern? Because he, he had six, six tackles, only three solo, no sacks. He got credit for eight pressures, super stout against the run. But he's not getting home right now. But he's balling out. But he's not getting home. And they're going to start needing him to get home. But he's still playing amazing football where – it gets eight pressures and you're complaining. No, I'm just like I don't want to be a homer and I'm trying to spin it a little bit. And I've already had him here and I put him like he's been amazing, but <laughs> I'm just trying to spin it a little bit and, and give us a talking point. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and, and great against the run too. And um, no, he's been terrific. He's been so good this year, and it's. Uh, I bet Zach Harrison doesn't have eight pressures on the whole season. <laughs> yeah, look, it's nice though. It's finally nice to have a. You know, like, Rashawn Gary's great. He's a really good football player, but, like, he, no production. It's nice to have a guy finally live up to the expectations. Uh, speaking of not living up to expectations, prospect who's being overhyped. Okay. I had to put Kenny Pickett here um, because I felt like this is what I wanted to talk about, okay? We got the hype building today. We got the hype building with, with Dane Brugler, like you mentioned, off the show to me. I read the article. Um, like... Okay, Kenny Pickett is better than we gave him credit for before this season, okay? But I think, like we talked about a little bit earlier, I think he's a product of the lack of quarterbacks this year, and someone needs to fill that vacuum. And right now it feels like people are trying to push Kenny Pickett into that vacuum. And in that article... Bro- he threw, he threw five touchdowns against New Hampshire. <laughs> in that article, uh, Brugler said he's going to go Tate 2. He said this straight out. A scout that he quoted uh, said he's he's on a Kirk Cousins trajectory, which to me doesn't make sense because Kirk went in the fourth round, so that doesn't even fucking add up. Um, <laughs> but also, like, Kirk, you know, he shared a Big Ten title, and then he lost in the Big Ten title game. He was playing in – beat Georgia in the, in the Peach Bowl, I think it was. He was playing in big games. You know, he had that shootout against Russ in the I, Big Ten. I, Kenny Pickett's not the same. I'm not ready to say anything about Kenny Pickett until Pitt plays a team. Yes, exactly. That's yeah, – Because, exactly sure, Georgia Tech played Clemson tight. But yeah. Clemson's clearly just not very good. Yeah. Um, other like he he lost to Western Michigan and Western Michigan's been great in the MAC, but like Western Michigan's not. I know he played really well against them, but like Western Michigan in theory is the best team they've played. Like he played pretty well against Tennessee. Yeah. And te- Tennessee's been a little bit up and down. We'll, we'll get a, a better understanding of how good they are this week when they yeah. play Ole Miss at home. Um, but re- like he hasn't played a. Mid, like a definite, uh, has he put like a, a definite power five bowl, eight win power five team yet? But is he going to play any? He might not even get one. I'm checking Pitt's schedule. Talk about him more. Will I check? No, like I think in that Tennessee game, he had his moments. I remember we talked to him that, that week where, you know, that one okay. where he rolled out and ripped a ball. Like he had his moments in that game. But so uh, they yeah. play, they played Virginia Tech in Blacksburg uh, okay. this weekend. That's a good test. Which, I mean, that's not – still, it's not, like, a great test. Then they play Clemson, Miami, that's not, yeah, Duke, that's North Carolina, Virginia, and Syracuse. So, in theory, three of those games are supposed to be against ranked teams. Um, I don't know, but I, I think it, it's, a, it's a big wait and see. He's going to be at yeah. the Senior Bowl, obviously. Like, the, the senior quarterback class is so bad after Malik Willis. Um, I don't think it's unfathomable to think he's a top five quarterback in a class that just really yeah. stinks yeah um but yeah i, I i'm st- i'm i'm 
still in wait and see mode with him. I, I, I mean, I, I, I need to sit down and like actually watch yes. this year's tape still because yeah. I'm just going off live game action. But uh, they also just haven't played anyone where I'm like feeling like he should be making this big of a jump. I think he was in the Athletics Heisman poll this week. Hey, yeah, if they're playing Syracuse at the Carrier Dome, that's the test. Exactly. Or if they go to Idaho. <laughs> no, but for, like on that schedule, in Blacksburg might be the biggest test, which is not saying much. No. It's not even at night. It's not even his fault, uh, though. Like, you can't blame him that the AC sucks, but yeah. I know. Um, Mike Jones Jr., the Clemson linebacker, knew the ACC sucks so much he transferred to LSU. And I'm putting him for overhype. He barely <laughs> plays. He's a linebacker. We had a lot of hype at Clemson when he mm-hmm. transferred. Everyone was made this big deal about it. He's going to LSU. Like, he's one of the top linebackers in the class. He, he's like a rotational player at best for the for the Tigers. He They don't play him on rundowns. He was irrelevant. When he came onto the field against Kentucky, he was net negative. And just... I kept thinking, like, why was there so much hype around this guy? And then, yeah, uh, so I had to put him. Um, are we simultaneously saying Jamison Williams for transfer who popped on the scene? Or Kenneth Walker? The the two best transfers in the country. I, I, I You know, I didn't put Williams anywhere, but he obviously was a, had a great game. He uh, temper 146, two touchdowns. He was, like, the only thing Alabama had going for them. He was trying to put the team on his back. He had that touchdown where they didn't cover him that shouldn't have counted because also <laughs> nothing was set. But uh, he's been incredible. And it just goes to show how good that Ohio State wide receiver yeah. room is that he couldn't make an impact there, and now he's the best player on Alabama's offense. Yeah, his stock's going to be really interesting because, I mean, he's fast as fuck. Like, he's going to go high. And he's talented. I'm not saying he's not talented. He too, but I'm just saying – He's, he almost feels like – it feels weird because he's been so good, but it feels like – I don't know, like Alabama wide receivers always get all this love and deservingly so, but it feels like he's almost under the radar, to be to be completely honest. He is because people are still talking about John Mechie. And I love and John Mechie. I'm always going to pound the table for Mechie, I know, but I know you, he's been but better. Like he's, totally, he's been better. He's totally been better. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm 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 excited to see what happens with him. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if he'll go go back to Alabama or what what the case mm-hmm. is. Because I don't think anyone necessarily saw him leaving Ohio State and having this major impact at Alabama right away. Yeah. No. Perfect timing for him though. You got to give him some. He used the transfer portal. Uh, build as well as you can. Uh, yeah. No else did Rob. I've yeah. had him here multiple times. I think. Penn State Edge Arnold uh, Epichetti from uh, Old Temple. Oh yep. Yep. Had a great game against Iowa. Uh, he had that early sack. Yeah, in the red zone, almost like uh, Campbell's big play. Felt similar where uh, sack came in the red zone. He was just too much for the for the left tackle. Looked easy to come up with that sack. Uh, nine tackles, three and a half TFLs uh, every week. Every single week he's going in there and kicking someone's ass and looking good both as a pass rusher and making plays in the run. He's he's legit. Um, finally, small school guy who caught your eye. Um, this is a name who's been mentioned on, on this show before because I, I liked him a lot coming into the year. And he was just a, a man possessed against Arkansas State. Jeffrey Gunter, mm-hmm. he just plays so hard. And he, he looks like he's playing at a different level than uh, the other guys uh, in the Sun Belt because he looks like an NFL edge rusher. He's explosive. He's powerful. He had a monstrous sack on a loop play where he just blew everything up. Yeah. He was awesome. Jumped uh, over the offensive really, lineman, like not yeah. clear over him, but he was on the ground. It's pretty badass, and like the close. I have him here too, but I got another name. But like the closing speed to close down that was really impressive. And then he was fucking 
pumped on the sideline and they're like kicking their ass. So I'm like, why are you so excited? But I loved it. Um, yeah, he he he's gonna be at the senior bowl, I suspect. Who, who's he's, your other guy? I I kind of stuck to the game plan here. I put Khalil Shakir, who I end up watching Boise <laughs> State football games for some reason, and he's Has always he good. Never not been here. Uh, from one of us, yeah, I think we've had him every week, but he's so much fun, man. And this week it was this insane backwards leaping catch and double coverage that he had no business coming down with. And like on a whole five catches, 66 yards, not a huge game, but they won big upset against BYU, which I think BYU is the least mentioned top 10 non power five team in history. Cause like if I bet you, if you asked anyone who was number 10 last week, no one could tell you it's BYU. <laughs> and, and they came in and they, they got a big upset in, in LeVar uh, Edwards. That's not right. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, is it? that didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Uh, under under the, the big old mountain there. They were good. They were a good team, and Shakir's always impactful. Yeah, it's Lavelle Edwards. Lavelle Edwards, yeah. I said Lavar. Lavar yeah, Burden yeah. Stadium. Um, okay. Let's get to it. Let's get to the picks that you can find on Spotify Green Room, um, where AJ just throughout Saturday's announces when picks are right or wrong. Just <laughs> stays live the whole day. Just and tells you. Most of it's silent. Yeah, most of it's silence and then I'll just say, you know, uh Iowa plus <laughs> minus two is in and that's it. Um I went five and oh so it was a lot of positive <sighs> for you this week. Would you Yeah, go? the Texas game fucked me up. I should have been five and oh I went four and one. That's what you so you only missed on that Texas game? Yeah, only missed on the Texas. And I shouldn't have, yeah. Which was the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> I've never been so excited for a cover in my entire life. I was heartbroken. I don't think I've gone five and oh since it's, we've done this. And it's I set up perfect it set up perfectly for Oklahoma to win and Texas to cover and bang I know. Kennedy Brooks. I know, I know. It hurt. Alright, I'm eighteen and seven on the season. Fourteen and eleven. You're having a good year, man. Yeah. People say I'm pretty smart. <laughs> this feels like the week I wreck it all. I feel like I'm going to win five this week. I'm not confident in anything. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, when it's not an exciting week, it makes you less excited to make picks. <laughs> it's also I like, like I always try to pick like the five biggest games or four in a random one. And it's hard this week to find the big ones, right? And so, like, when yeah, you get into been, that territory. I've been trying to do four big ones and then a uh, group of five game I like. Yeah, we're like, um, you, you know, it, it hasn't, I haven't really been picking games I like. It's like, it's like the big games and. When you don't know what the big games are, it's, it looks like you're trying to force it. But if I may start, I'm going back to the well. Noon, FS1. I'm going back to Michigan State. They're minus five last week against Rutgers in, in Piscataway. They covered. They're minus five at Indiana. Indiana has not been good. I didn't mention them quickly, if I, if I may. Kenneth Walker, another amazing game. Uh, had over 200 yards. 94-yard touchdown run. And Jalen Naylor, their wide receiver, was fucking unstoppable. I, I- I think the stat was they're the first team to have, I don't know if it was, I don't know, okay, I, so I shouldn't have started saying this because I clearly don't know what the stat <laughs> yeah, cause, is. But it had to do with having a 200-yard receiver, a 200-yard rusher, and a 300-yard passer. Ridiculous, yeah, because Naylor had 221, Walker 232. Naylor was unstoppable. He was, he was just getting open deep and making great adjustments and making guys miss after the catch. Uh, ridiculous. It wasn't like uh, Payne played well. It was, it was, all, it was all Naylor. Anyways. So going into uh, into Indiana, I'm I'm riding the Spartans again. They're still little brother, and I can't wait for that game. But uh, I like the spread. Um, 
Yeah, I, I considered picking that game. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I'll start with noon CBS, Auburn at number 17, Arkansas. Pig Suey. I pick my Razorbacks every week, and it hasn't failed me, really. Uh, so, Razorbacks minus three and a half at home. Yeah, I, I'm, I hate I'm... Auburn. <laughs> I hate Auburn so much. Bonex is not for me. They look bad against Georgia, which, I mean, every offense does. Yeah. But uh, this Arkansas offense is really talented. And I think they're going to hang with an Auburn defense that's not as good as it's been in the past. Um, defensively, I, I think that, that front sevens are going to have a nice bounce back for Arkansas after two tough weeks. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, to, to me, Arkansas is, like, very much – like, they're, they're competing with most of the SEC teams they're playing, and Auburn uh, isn't. Yeah, no, like I – I jumped on the pig train with you too, and I'm I, I got bit in the Texas game. I got bit by the hog in the Texas game, and then I flipped I flipped the hog and I I wrote it. And no, I'm I'm sticking with it. No, I agree. Arkansas minus three so and a half. You're taking that too. I'm taking it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like it. Like genuinely, I don't think Auburn uh, is like like this. Basically, means neutral field. Arkansas is half a point better. I, I don't think that is true. And then you add in that's a good home field atmosphere in Arkansas, and you know the fans are buzzing right now. Um, Pigs. Um. Okay. Twelve p.m. Fox. This. It, it, I just. I don't want to pick this game, but it feels like Agreed. you have to just because again, there's there's two top twenty five matchups this week, and this is theoretically the better one. Uh, number twelve Oklahoma State, who's no one's talking about this year. Yeah. Yeah. Whose defense has been really good. Um, they're headed, uh, to Austin. Take on number 25, Texas, coming off that tough loss. Longhorns are five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Longhorns. I saw enough from them last week to believe that offense can kind of keep them in most games. And I, the Oklahoma State offense has been – like Spencer Sanders has been pretty up and down. They, they have a Chuba Hubbard to lean on. They haven't been the same on offense. And their defense has very much carried them. But I think like Casey Thompson, Worthy, Bijan Robinson, I think there's just too much offensive talent for Texas to to not win by a, score, by a touchdown. Yeah, so I Texas spurned me last week. So this week I'm picking against them. And I think I've, I've Texas, picked against – Texas burns you most weeks, it sounds like. I think so, yeah. And Oklahoma State, I think I've picked them two or three times now. And they have not burned me. They just – you know, they, they get in the mud – they play these tight Big 12 games, and they cover. And you give them five and a half points, I'm going to take them to cover. And like you said, I think Texas is more talented. They might be the better team, but you're getting five and a half points. I'm taking the Pokes. Respect. I, I like when we're pitted against each other. Uh, <laughs> the other top 25 game, the SEC game of the week, 330 CBS, number 11 Kentucky, at number one Georgia. The Bulldogs make that jump. They've been riding the Stetson Bennett train. Their defense is so good, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think Kentucky is the rare team that's built to cover against the Bulldogs. <laughs> 23 and a half. I think they only lose by a good 20. I see it being like a 37-17 type of win for the Bulldogs. Um, Kentucky runs the ball well. Will Levis isn't a dynamic passer, but what he does as a runner really supplements that uh, the, the rushing attack. Wondell Robinson is an SEC-level playmaker. Defensively, they, they don't have, like, a complete dude. They got a couple guys, Yusuf Corker, Josh Paschal. They just play really well as a unit. Yeah. And if Stetson Bennett's still hanging in this game, like, I don't... 
I, I think it's going to be a lot of Georgia churning clock, running the ball, and not covering but winning handedly. No, I agree. I, I'm picking with my heart more than my head, but it's yeah, 23 and a half but points. Hey, I've been riding Kentucky and Arkansas all year, and I love them. They're my two favorite teams. And it's 23 and a half points. I know it's in Athens, and Georgia's really, really good. I see this more being like, you know, a 24 7 game. Like, I think if Georgia scores more than 30, they probably cover. You know what I mean? Because the defense is so good. And if they're scoring that much, I think it's more um, turnovers. And if Kentucky and Levis, especially, can avoid the turnovers, I think they're going to be in the game. But I think that, you know, they're just going to try, you know, Kennard, like we talked about, really good. Rodriguez has been so good this year for them, too. Levis has been solid. Wandale Robinson's been good. The Georgia defense is special. But uh, we're talking three touchdowns and a field goal for, for Georgia to win. Maybe they just win by three touchdowns. You know what I mean? And I think Kentucky's going to hang more than the other teams have against Georgia. Yeah. Okay, here's my uh, my fool around group of five game of the week. 3.30 ESPNU, Kent State at Western Michigan. Western Michigan, six and a half point favorites. Two best quarterbacks in the MAC. Caleb Ellaby, Dustin Crum. I suspect a shootout's going to break out. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna ride Western Michigan. They, uh, I think that they, they got our boy Ralph Hawley at DT. I think that they've got the best prospects in the conference, and I, I think uh, LB confirms he's the best quarterback in the MAC. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go to a shootout as well. 7:30 SEC Network. Ole Miss minus three at Tennessee. Uh, the I'm Vols too. The Vols have been scoring in bunches. Uh. Did you so? You, do you know what the total is, right? No, I, I I put my pick in before I saw the total. Do you want to guess? Um, I'm gonna say seventy-one and a half. Good guess. Uh, bump that first digit up one, eighty-one and a half. No way. <laughs> I thought bit. I might go over. I thought maybe high six. <laughs> I mean, t- Tennessee. All of a sudden. And they put yeah. Hendon Hooker at quarterback, and, and that offense got really explosive. Josh Heupel's doing a good – like, they, they give up a lot of points, but they're – I mean, they're hanging burgers on SEC teams all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, minimum, it's impressive. this is a fun game. I wish it was on a bigger network, but I know. Uh, no Especially one knew on Hendon Hooker was going to carry them. Yeah. I know. I, lo- I love but, Milton uh, and Hooker, like kind of like the same dude, like, both transferring to Tennessee. Hooker, Milton, you know, remember just throwing – overthrowing guys by 40 yards all all that one game uh, i think it was the pick game actually and, and then yeah hooker's been good he's been really good they're putting up 50 points a game like not statistically but consistently uh but minus three old miss matt corral uh i don't care if it's neyland uh give, give me give me hottie yeah I'm, I'm with you um old miss is is winning shootouts against other uh well Arkansas is not a great, great SEC program, but top 25 SEC program. Um, uh, but this is a great prove-it game for Josh Heupel's offense and Brandon yep. Hooker. And can you, are you really on that, like kind of that Arkansas, Kentucky, Ole Miss, second-tier SEC program level, or are you still a notch below uh, or even further? Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. Matt, Matt Corral, they, they, they win every shootout. This is going to be a shootout. They're going to win. Totally agree. Yeah, I think that spreads a little uh... – I think that's tasty. I think it's tasty. I think so too. I, I get it though. I get it. I mean, Tennessee's yep. been offensive juggernaut. You you sus- you suspect another shootout. Ole Miss coming off an emotional victory on the road. Neyland's not an easy place to play. It's a night game too. 
It's gonna uh, be, was that all five of yours? Yeah, it's gonna hold on. Score prediction. It's gonna be uh, forty-three to forty somehow. <laughs> I, I I've got a uh, what is that? Sixty-five, sixty-three. It's like a basketball <laughs> game. No, but for real, like the schedule's not that good. The night games aren't that good. I mean, Michigan and Ohio State are on the bye, so nothing can be good this week. But I think it's gonna be a fun you game. Guys, just threw an end zone pick though. I know. I fun know. belt, baby. Louisiana's kicking possible. their ass, but hey, the, the Mountaineers needed that big time. Yeah, they did. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Ole Miss Tennessee game sticks out as a fun one uh, when there's not a lot going on at night. Totally agree. They should have saved their uh, the blackout jerseys for this week or for Halloween. I don't know why they didn't wear that orange or black on Halloween, but whatever. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.